right, all right. Okay, okay. What is up, everybody? It is LJ Talks Facts right here. Expensive Facts, like always, of course. I hope you guys are enjoying your Thursday afternoon. I'm doing pretty good. This is my AEW Dynamite review. I'll let you guys know I'll be doing an episode tomorrow. Talk about my Dallas Cowboys versus the New Orleans Saints. That'll be tomorrow. And that game is going to be on tonight at 8 o'clock. Hopefully my Cowboys can end their two-game losing streak and get a big win over the Saints. Three-game road trip. Got to play New Orleans tonight, Washington next Sunday, and the Sunday after that, got to play the Giants, all road games. So if we could be 10-4, and that would be really nice. I mean, and they're very capable of doing it. So we're healthy tonight. We got CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper and Demarcus Lawrence back tonight. And Randy Gregory and Neville Gallimore on the way next week. Probably Jarwin as well. So... (laughs) Let's win tonight. That's all we got to do. We'll talk about that tomorrow. Again, this is the AEW Dynamite review. And I thought Dynamite was good last night. Dynamite was good last night. Especially the main event was crazy. It wasn't my favorite match. I'll definitely talk about my favorite match when we get to it. But I did enjoy the main event. Especially the crazy spot in the end right there, which I didn't expect at all. Like, I really didn't. It was insane. It really was. Felt like, you know, felt like old school stuff in a way. Like old school extreme stuff. That's what we got to say right there. But let's jump right into the action. So we do know at Winter's Coming on December 15th in Garland, Texas, we'll have the AEW World Heavyweight Champion Hangman Page defending his AEW World Championship against the American Dragon Brian Danielson. So I'm not surprised they're doing this match. At Winter's Coming, they did John Moxley versus Kenny Omega for the AEW World Title at Winter's Coming last year, so I'm not surprised. You know, we already know Hangman versus Brian. It's not going to be like that long-term kind of feud. You know what I mean? And it's going to be a big win for Hangman because Brian's not winning the title, not yet at least. Definitely not yet. Hangman's going to get a big win. You know, AEW is going to prove people wrong once again with how their younger stars. Are gonna beat the veterans, like they're not gonna like or like how like they they're young and up up and coming stars aren't gonna get overshadowed by the veterans was what I meant to say. You know what I mean? Like overshadowed by like the big names. It's kind of like MJF and CM Punk. We know MJF's gonna go over, and he should. It's absolutely the right call. Like MJF's the right guy to beat CM Punk, just like you know, just like. Hangman and Page is the right guy to beat Brian Danielson. That's how it really sets up Hangman versus MJF. Because, you know, Hangman could say, I beat Brian. And MJF could say, I beat Punk. So there you go. But I think MJF versus Punk's not going to happen until Revolution. Whenever Revolution is, we know we're getting Hangman versus Brian in two weeks. And I'm looking forward to that match. You know, I really am. I thought Brian was going to go through the whole Dark Order because, you know, he's facing... Alan Angels faced Alan Angels last night. We know he's going to be facing Silver next week, but he hasn't faced Reynolds or Stu Grayson. So that's what I'm kind of thinking. Like, oh, there's a couple members that have been left out. Preston Vance, you know, or, you know, number ten. So those guys have been left out, which is like, well, Brian could still face them in the near future. He could still definitely do that. Um, but yeah. It's been a good feud. Like I said, it's not going to be the long-term feud for Hangman. I think the long-term feud for Hangman and Page could be Miro. Like, that could be the match for Revolution. Or maybe even Adam Cole. 
like one of those two guys, which I'd be perfectly fine with. Like a lot of people thought they were going to do Hangman versus Brian on like the debut show for TBS or at Battle for the Belts. Well, no, it's it's the right place to do it here. Winter is coming. That'll be the main event. It it's going to be a great match. And Hangman Page was on commentary. This was the very first night of AEW Dynamite without good old JR, who's battling who's battling skin cancer right now. I believe he has to go for uh, 22 radiation treatments. So I wish JR all the best. Definitely one of my childhood heroes, JR. Listening to him commentate WWE, all the memories from the past, present, and we know he'll be back in the future. And he might be back for New Year's Smash on December 29th at Daly's Place. So best wish to go out to JR. We'll see you soon. So we did see a Hangman page on commentary for this match right between the American Dragon, Brian Danielson, and Allen number five, Angels. So Allen Angels is the hometown boy right here in Atlanta, Georgia, against Brian Danielson. You know, it was um not a long match, but it was a good match. It was a good match, though. Allen Angels really showed out against Brian Danielson, just like he showed out against Kenny Omega twice. So Allen Angels definitely has a lot of talent. Like the Dark Orders bullied him so much on BTE and even on Sammy Guevara's vlog. You know, Alan Angels definitely has some talent to him. He definitely does. And he put on a great match against Brian. Like, he, you know, Brian made him look really good. Like, he got a nice reception in his hometown. We did see a negative one, you know, the late Brody Lee's son um, coming out with the, the whole Dark Order with Alan Angels. So that was really cool and that was really nice. And there was one thing that Hangman said on commentary that really stuck out. You know, he knows a lot about Brian Danielson. He's seen his whole career. Brian Danielson doesn't know much about him. So that's how Hangman can use that as an advantage right there. He knows all about Brian Danielson. Brian Danielson doesn't know much about Hangman and Page, though. So that's that's something. That's something to look out for right there. I don't know if that stuck out to many people. But it definitely stuck out with me right there. And we know Hangman's going to win. Like I said, Brian's not winning the title right now. And they're not going to have Hangman hold on to the belt for a month. If Kenny Omega was still world champion, then yeah, I believe Brian is would, would, would I believe Brian would win. So, so Hangman's not losing the title after a month. That's not going to happen. No, Hangman's not losing the belt to like either double or nothing, or all out against MJF. So it's either going to be May. Or late August or early September of next year. So Hangman's going to have a nice long title run. So he's going to be fine. Not losing the title after one month. That would make no sense. That just, that's WWE booking. That's how it is. I call it like I see it. But again, no. Good match right here. A lot of great chops right here. We saw Alan Angels really chopping up Brian Danielson. Of course, his chest was beating red like always right there when he gets chopped. And Brian was chopping Allen. We didn't see the Dark Order ringside at all. It was just one-on-one match. And Tony Khan did say if Hangman, you know, went after Brian Danielson, he would get fined and suspended. And I think the same went for Brian as well. So that's like a, like a nice rule right there. Like, okay, you know, we're going to protect this match. Well, yeah, it's a big money match right here. This is a big match that everybody's going to be watching. You know... And I'm really looking forward to it. I really am. 
And, you know, for a second, I thought maybe Alan Angels was going to get the win over Brian. It's like that one second, I thought maybe he was going to win. Like, when he started flying around the ring on Brian, I thought, okay, maybe he's got a chance. But once he missed that moonsault in the ring and Brian Daniels hit the running knee, and then he started kicking his head in and then put him in a submission hold, and he started tapping, that was it. So Brian Danielson starts off dynamite red hot, gets the W over Allen, number five, Angels. He still has momentum. He has a lot of momentum going into this match against Hangman and Winter is coming. There's a lot of momentum right here. So Tony Schiavone went to the ring to interview Brian, said, you're more than ready. And Brian said, if that's all Atlanta had to offer, then I just kicked his ass. And I hear there's a Dark Order member from Long Island. So Johnny Hungy, John Silver. And then, you know, Brian was starting to do the whole thing about cowboy shit and coward shit. Hangman got tired of it and he left the commentary table. And then John Silver came out and said to Hangman, you can't touch Brian tonight, but I can. I'm going to go do it. And John Silver ran to the ring and then Brian left. And then Brian said, you think I'm going to share the ring with this joke? That's not going to happen. And then he got in Hangman's face that he should slap him, but the jerks here in Atlanta don't deserve to see it. This is getting really, really good. It really is. The way they protected this match right here, it's great that they're doing that. You know, there shouldn't there should be no physical interaction. Well, obviously there was none this week. There shouldn't be any next week either. Just protect it. Leave it as it is. Let them get all their energy out. And winter is coming. Well, Brian's really losing a lot of energy when you think of it. He's been wrestling every week. Hangman's going to be fresh at 100%. Because Hangman hasn't wrestled since um, since full gear. So he's going to be 100%. Brian's been wrestling every week. He's wrestled Evil Uno, Colt Cabana, Allen, number five Angels. And he's going to be wrestling John Silver next week. And who knows, maybe he'll wrestle on Ramp. Well, I don't think he'll wrestle... Because Rampage is going to be taped, so he won't wrestle twice in one night. That, that that's that's not smart. But um, but yeah, Brian's wrestling every week, and I'm not saying that he won't be 100. percent But well, you actually know he won't be 100. percent Hangman's all ready to go. But we know how Brian is. We know he wants to wrestle every week. You know, eventually that's going to catch up to him right there. Maybe John Silver really pushes him to the limit because. Alan Angels pushed him to a little bit, like, to his limit, like, a little bit. But Brian wasn't gassed at all. Like, if John Silver could really gas Brian Danielson next week, then mm, that could be something. So we got back from commercial. We saw Miro. Who knows where the hell he was. The whole backdrop was white right there. So Miro said he's been in this place for weeks. You know, saying his God's an asshole and... All this, all this nonsense right here. Well, it's not really nonsense. It's actually, it's good though. I love like how they've booked Miro the last few months. Like, cause like I mentioned plenty of times, the best man gimmick wasn't great at all. I mean, it just wasn't. It, it really wasn't. It was bad. You know, the only thing I liked about his best man gimmick was his theme song. Like that was the only thing I really liked about it. Overall, I thought they booked him very bad and very poorly. But once he started to be that monster and he became the redeemer. Well, he really has redeemed his AEW career. Like, seriously, he really has. He had a great TNT title run. It could have lasted a little bit longer, but he had a great run. He had a great run. They did the right thing. They gave it to Sammy Guevara, one of their homegrown stars. That was the right thing to do. That's how I kind of, like, saw it. I said, like, Miro was going to drop it to a young star, and he dropped it to Sammy. And Sammy's had a good run so far. 
He's defending the title against Tony Nese. Well, he already did, you know, because Rampage is taped. But it'll be on tomorrow. I didn't check the spoilers or all. I didn't check the spoilers at all. So obviously, I don't know who wins. So that's you know, let's keep it that way. I'm looking forward to that match. Um, but yeah, he was just standing like white place wherever he was. Talk about God. I think he's gonna go after Hangman pretty soon. I think he's going to. And I really would want Miro to win. Like, if you get me Miro versus Hangman, I'm going to be on Miro's side. That's nothing against Hangman. It's just, you know, I've always loved Miro. You know, I loved him as Rusev back in WWE. So I've always been a huge fan of him. So, of course, if he's in a world title match, I'm going to want him to win. I wanted him to beat AJ Styles back in 2018 in Extreme Rules for the WWE title. And, you know, maybe they could have gave him the title because he was so red hot with Rusev Day. Kind of like how, you know, the Yes Movement and Kofi Mania, you know, Miro is Rusev, you know, during Rusev Day, it was, you know, pretty over. It really was. It's what it is, though. Nothing to do about it. That's the past. But, you know, he seriously has, you know, you know, he seriously has redeemed. He seriously has redeemed, you know, his AEW career. He really has. So now we get to the next match right here. Definitely my favorite match of the night. My favorite match of the night right here between CM Punk versus Lee Moriarty. And I feel bad for Lee Moriarty because he didn't get any reaction at all when he came out. He got a lot of reactions during the match, but I guess a lot of people aren't familiar with his theme song at all. I wasn't either at first. I didn't know who he was at first either. But he got no reaction at all. But then, of course, of course, CM Punk gets the reaction. Everybody knows who CM Punk is. And after CM Punk got to the ring, here came MJF in a really nice, really nice suit. And it was a really cool suit that MJF had on. It was all over right there. Like, um, we know MJF is Jewish, you know, and is Hanukkah. So that was a really cool suit that he had on. I really liked that. I was like, wow. <laughs> It's definitely flashy, but no, it was really nice. I like that. I like MJF suits when he comes out with the, you know, the big kind of suits. Like, I really like that. It's really cool. So he was on commentary, and, of course, Tony Schiavone and Excalibur are like, okay, now we got to deal with the scum of the earth during this match now. But like I said, this was my favorite match of the night right between CM Punk and Lee Moriarty. I thought it was great. And Lee Moriarty really pushed CM Punk to his limit. Like, he really did. A lot of people... We're really excited when this match was announced. You know, because CM Punk continues to test himself right here. And, you know, you see, you get some trolls say, oh, well, CM Punk's going to win and he's going to bury Lee Moriarty. Lee Moriarty's only, this is only his second match on Dynamite. It doesn't bury him. Him getting to be in the ring with CM Punk, that's great. That's great for his career. That gives him more recognition. And people could say, oh, wow. Like, Lee Moriarty, this kid's good. He put on a really good performance with CM Punk. He did great. He did phenomenal. He really did. So don't say he's buried all because CM Punk beat him and now he's buried. He's just, he's not going to be put on Dynamite or Rampage anymore and all that and just blah, 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 blah. Like, that's not going to happen. Like, oh my God, like, every wrestling company, we have always seen the veterans beat the younger wrestlers. So, I mean, oh, my God. 
I don't know. I just think it's ridiculous at times what people say. I think it's ridiculous. I, re- I really do. I-, I really do. It's ridiculous at times what people say. Oh, my God. Like, you know, anytime a veteran beats a young guy, everybody's like, oh, that guy's buried. Okay, when Triple H beat Randy Orton for the world title in 2004, after Randy Orton won the world title at SummerSlam, and then a month later, Triple H won the belt back from Randy Orton. Well, okay, Randy Orton didn't beat him. Randy Orton beat Chris Benoit at SummerSlam in 2004. You know, Triple H won back his world title because he always called it his world title, and he beat Randy Orton for it after, you know, Evolution betrayed Randy Orton. So, could you say, oh, Triple H buried Randy Orton after Randy Orton had a month of momentum as world champion? No, Randy Orton still became one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. I mean, seriously, one of the greatest characters of all time, too. So, did Triple H bury Randy Orton? At that time, you could say yes, but in reality, he didn't. So, enough with that nonsense. I know Triple H did, well, he really did legit bury a lot of other wrestlers. That's a story for another day, but I'm just saying can't say a wrestler's buried after one match. You just, you just can't. You just can't. Because it doesn't make any sense. Unless that wrestler's going on TV every week getting beat. Then yeah, that wrestler's buried. But if it's one time... It's like when people said CM Punk buried Darby Allin. Like, oh my god, Darby Allin loses one match. Like, did you really think CM Punk was going to lose his first match back in professional wrestling? Did people really legit think that? I mean, come on. Seriously, you could not have thought that. You could not have thought, okay, oh, CM Punk's going to lose in his first match. Like, no. That wouldn't make any sense. It just wouldn't. Uh, it's whatever, though. This match was really enjoyable. It was my favorite match of the night, like I said. MGF was being, you know, a great heel on commentary, so that was really cool. And these two knocked it out of the ballpark in the ring. Like I said, Moriarty really pushed Punk to his limit. You know, he's made a fan out of me, Moriarty. He's a really good young talent, a lot of potential in this company. We'd love to see him more on Dynamite and Rampage as well, you know. Hopefully we see him get that big win through his AW career. And well, now he's 2-7. and seven. He was 2-6 and six before this match, but now he's 2-7. and seven. But he's got a long way to go, so he's going to be just fine. You know, one of my favorite spots of the match when Punk was going for the Pepsi twist and then Moriarty countered it and he hit the Pepsi twist on CM Punk so that was a really cool spot and then when Punk caught him in midair and put him on his shoulders hit him with the GTS that was really cool as well and CM Punk gets the win he's still undefeated here in AEW great match best match of the night in my opinion really enjoyed it from start to finish really love how Moriarty pushed him though he really did push him but then right after the match ended, MJF said, cut the music, or cut his music, cut his music. And then MJF, you know, was going off about punk, of course. But we already expected that. We already knew that right there. Saying, like, you know... Like, you know, you really shouldn't be taken to the limit by the likes of QT Marshall and Lee Moriarty. I mean, that's... I mean, because QT Marshall isn't... Well, he's not a bad worker, but we all know his promo skills are terrible. And Moriarty is a rookie in reality. He is a rookie, but he's a great talent. So, I mean, come on. It's not a jobber. If it was a jobber, like, you know, Wardlow's match, we'll get to that in just a, in just a couple minutes. That's different. You know, it's not like a local indie jobber. It makes no sense. I mean, seriously. Um... <laughs> 
And then MJF said, <laughs> this was something right here saying that CM Punk's trying to get into Britt Baker's pants. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> and he's like, what's the matter, Punk? You look unamused. That's exactly what Britt Baker would look like if you got into bed with her. And I was like, damn. Damn, damn, damn. And then Punk grabbed the mic and said that MJF came out in Larry David's pajamas. I was like, damn, okay. And, you know, Punk, he really just had, he really had enough MJF. He wasn't going to go out like a war of words with MJF again. You know, he was saying, get your needle dick inside this ring and let's fight. And then MJF was saying, no, no, no. Boy, he asked the people first, you know, do you want to see it happen? He said, too bad, not going to happen. You know, you need me more than I need you. So that's why it's great they're, you know, holding off on this match. You know, you can't do this match right away. You got to wait for the pay-per-view. You know, this long build-up is going to be great. This long build-up is going to be great until Revolution. This match should not be on free TV. It should just, it just shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. This match needs to happen on pay-per-view. You know, then MJF brought up, well, he brought up on commentary that the uh, Dynamite Diamond Ring Battle Royal will be returning next week. And for those who don't know the rules, the final two competitors face off at Winter is Coming. I know it's kind of confusing the way it is. You know, it is a little bit confusing. It's like whoever, are, whoever is or whoever are the last two men in the ring face off at Winter is Coming for the Dynamite Diamond Ring. I know it's a little bit wacky, but... That's how it is. And when MJF started talking about, you know, Long Island, going back to Long Island, you know, the greatest place on planet Earth, where he's from, talking about the Battle Royal. And then he brought up CM Punk's dog, and he said, if you ever bring that dog back here, I'm going to put Larry to sleep. That's uh, CM Punk's dog's name, so he's going to put Larry to sleep. I'm like, Whoa. And then Punk got mad. He got outside the ring. And he was going to go after MJF until Wardlow stepped in front of MJF. And MJF was right behind Wardlow. So maybe that match is going to happen soon. CM Punk versus Wardlow. I'd be down to see that match. Maybe they'll do that in Winter is Coming. That, that's perfectly fine by me. That's fine by me. Punk versus Wardlow. That's a big match for Wardlow. I mean, obviously he won't win. But that's a big match right there. That'd be fun to watch. I'd be totally down to see that match. So then we did see uh, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, the AEW Women's World Champion backstage with Jamie Hayter and Rebel, you know. And Britt Baker was talking about how Riho cheated, you know, on Rampage to get a shot at the women's title. You know, and then Tony Giovanni, like, asked Jamie Hayter... You know, where were you at Friendsgiving last week? And Jamie Hayter said, oh, my oh, my bad, you know. I was put on, you know, one of the best matches in the TBS Women's Tournament. And then Britt Baker said, which you lost. And then Jamie Hayter said, didn't you lose a big match with Thunder Rosa as well? And so there's a lot of tension there. Rebel was trying to calm everything down. But they all relaxed right there because on Dynamite next week, it will be Jamie Hayter versus Rio. That's an interesting matchup for Dynamite. Like, okay. And I do believe they'll do Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, the AW Women's World Champion, versus Riho at Winter's Coming. I believe they'll do it then. So that that's fine. That's fine if they do that then. So we're going to get Jamie Hayner versus Riho next week on Dynamite. Okay. Fresh matchup. Let's see how it is. 
I mean, obviously Rio's going to win. She's not going to lose. Maybe that's when Jamie Hayter finally leaves. Because that's what I could see right there. Because Rio's going to win. So maybe Jamie Hayter gets frustrated and leaves. Maybe maybe Britt Baker gets in her face and says, Oh, you know, he's supposed to be my protection. And you haven't done anything for me. You haven't really protected me at all. So maybe that's when she leaves. That could happen. And it could really set up, you know, Jamie Hayter versus Britt Baker after Britt Baker versus Rio is done. They could do a little mini feud there. That's fine by me. That's fine by me right there. So now we got to, like, the next segment right here with Adam Cole, baby. Came out, you know, did his entrance. Then went to commentary to go commentate with Tony Schiavone and Excalibur. So I'm like, okay, we're going to get Adam Cole on commentary. This is interesting. Until Orange Cassidy came out. Good old Pockets came out. I'm going to start calling that Pockets. That's what I'm going to start calling him now because I've gotten very tired of him. But, um, you know, it's whatever. So he came out, put his hands in his pockets. And then the Young Bucks, Matt and Nick Jackson came out. They still haven't been medically cleared yet to compete, or so far as we know. So they came out, it looked like they were going to super kick Orange Cassidy, and then Cassidy turned around and did his, you know, his kicks to the Young Bucks till Adam Cole low-blowed him. And the Young Bucks mocked Orange Cassidy by doing the slow kicks to him until they really super kicked him. Like, they took his head off with that super kick. That double super kick really took his head off right there. I'm shocked that it didn't, how loud that kick was. That was something. And they were going to go for, the, like, the Super BT trigger. Or they were going to go, yeah, the Super BT trigger until the rest of Best Friends came out. Chuck Taylor and Wheelie Uta, and they chased off the Super Click. So, potential trios match will be seen pretty soon. So, I'm down to see that when the Unbucks are cleared to compete, which should be soon. So, maybe, maybe they'll do that match in Winter is Coming, or maybe they'll do it next week. Whenever they want to do it, I personally... You know, it's just I really don't care about the best friends anymore. That's just how it is. Like, I used to like them, but now it's just... I mean, they were great, like, during, like, you know, the heap of the pandemic. They were really entertaining to watch. But now it's just, like, with the live crowds again, it's just, eh, not not as much. I'll always like that best friends versus Santana Ortiz parking lot brawl match. That was really good. That was really good last year. But just, I don't know, I don't like them that much anymore, best friends. It's like, where are they? They, they kind of, like, get lost in the shuffle at times. Like, they're up there for the tag team titles. But then, you know, Trent's been hurt so much. You know, it's, I, I don't know. They kind of, like, you know, get lost in the shuffle. I, I, I don't know. Just not a big fan of them anymore. Especially Orange Cassidy. But now we get to a, uh, before we get to the squash match, you know, we did see, like, Tony Nese backstage, you know, a little video package. Talking about how the TNT champion is going to be on a premier athlete after Rampage. So I'm really looking forward to this match, though. It's going to be great. It's going to be a great match on Rampage between Sammy Guevara versus Tony Nese for the TNT championship. I'm looking, really looking forward to it. But now we get to the squash match right between Wardlow and a local jobber named AC Adams. So I was like, this is, this is what I mean by, like, you know... Like, you know... Like, how a lot of the marks always, like, try to say somebody's buried and everything. Like, it's like you're pretending that... Like, when CM Punk just beat Lee Moriarty, people try to say Lee Moriarty's buried. But you're pretending that he just got bitched out by Punk. That's what you're pretending. Like, right here, what Wardlow did to AC Adams is basically what you're trying to say what CM Punk did to Darby Allin and Lee Moriarty. Like, no, they had competitive matches. 
Like, Darby Allen and Lee Moriarty aren't local indie jobbers. Like, this guy, AC Adams. Wardlow destroyed him, like, in a minute. Just <laughs> clotheslined him, gave him four power bombs, and that was it. So that's somebody... That's a jobber. That just got jobbed out right there by Wardlow. And anyway, he got destroyed, this kid, AC Adams. Like, the four power bombs was just crazy. So, um, so that was it right there. It was just a squash match. That's all I got to say about this match. It was a squash match. I'm not going to really talk about it. Like, that's it. It was just four power bombs and good night. And then Sean Spears came in the ring and just broke the chair over this guy. So that was it. It makes Wardlow look strong. You know, that's great. So that, that's really it. That match, that's it. That's a short review on that match. We did see um, Penta won half of the AEW World Tag Team Champions. Penta, Sermiero, and the Bastard Pack. So apparently Ray Phoenix is hurt now. And he's not able to travel. So he won't be able to compete on Friday on Rampage against FTR. Because they're supposed to do it for the AEW World Tag Team titles in the 2 out of 3 falls match. So Pack will be taking Ray Phoenix's spot. So it won't be for the World Tag Team titles. They're not doing the whole Freebird rule thing. So it's just going to be... A regular tag team match on Rampage. So I'm like, alright, that's fine. So we'll get to see the 2 out of 3 falls match in the near future. I'm sure they won't forget about it. Maybe they'll do a battle for the belts. Or maybe they'll even do it on the first uh, Dynamite on TBS. Or maybe even a New Year's Smash. The last Dynamite on TNT. So that, that, that's fine by me. Because I don't know if that match belongs on Rampage. Like the Lucha Bros vs. FTR. No, that match doesn't belong on Rampage. The match belongs on Dynamite or Pay-Per-View. Like, it really does. It really does. But now we get to the next match right here between the Gun Club, Billy and Colton Gun. So it's a battle of two undefeated tag teams. So Billy and Colton Gun, the Gun Club, versus Darby Allen and Sting. And I gotta say, when I heard this first, when I when I first heard this match was announced, I kind of thought, okay, this, this is going to be a hit or miss. It's not going to be in between. This is definitely going to be a hit or miss match. And this match was a hit. It definitely was a hit. I actually really enjoyed this match. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I actually enjoyed this match. It was good. It was a good tag team match. Like, I seriously enjoyed it. Like, I really did. I thought these two tag teams put on a great performance. I feel like Colton Gunn, I think this is his first time wrestling. Oh, no, he wrestled on Dynamite last week. With Billy against uh, Bear Country. But we know Colton's very inexperienced, you know, being on national television wrestling. We know Billy has all that experience. But no, this match was a fun tag team match. Like, I really enjoyed it. Like, at first it was kind of like a little bit slow. But when they came back from the commercial break, it really, really started to pick up. Like, it really did. And I enjoyed it. Like, I seriously enjoyed it. I thought it was a great tag team match. So I give a lot of props to these guys in this match right here. You know, it's kind of interesting to see, you know, Billy Gunn versus Sting in uh, 2021. I didn't think really much of it. I didn't think it was going to be that good. But I was wrong. I was definitely wrong. Darby Allen's head was lacerated during this match. I was like, Jesus Christ. Like, that was, that was something to see when they came back from the commercial break. I was like, oh, my God. 
But no, I really enjoyed this match. I didn't think I was going to like this match. I was going to be like, eh. I thought it was going to be kind of like a short match. But no, this they went the distance in this match. It was good. Thank God they did because it was entertaining. I actually liked it. I'm not being sarcastic at all. I actually enjoyed this match. Because, you know, like I said, when I first heard it was announced, I was like, eh. But no, it exceeded my expectations. It was great. It was a great tag team match. I thought Sting looked really good. Billy Gunn, we know, in great shape he's in right now. He's always been in great shape throughout his whole career. You know, but Sting, you know, like, everything that he's went through, you know, the last few years, like I said, with the injuries. And that really took him out of wrestling. And just seeing him wrestle in 2021 is just... It it really... You really have to think about it, though. It's amazing how guys we never thought that would be back in the ring, like guys like Sting and CM Punk. You can't say Brian Daniels because he came back in wrestling in 2018. But guys like Sting and CM Punk, you never would think in 2021 they'd be wrestling. Like, CM Punk would be a little bit realistic, but Sting would be, like, unrealistic. It's amazing, though. It really is. But it was a fun tag team match. It was good, you know. When Sting uh, had the Scorpion Deathlock on Colt, and we did see Billy Gunn try to get back in the ring. And then he was distracting Aubrey Edwards until Austin Gunn hit Sting, took him down, and then Tarby Allen fucking... Shot of a cannon, fucking flew at Austin Gunn, took him out, and Billy Gunn hit the famous sir on Sting. I thought that was it. Colton Gunn went for the cover, one, two, kick out, and then Darby Allen bounced right off of Billy Gunn. I'm surprised Billy Gunn just didn't get affected by that because how big he is. Like Sting, like Darby Allen basically just bounced off him. Like, oh my god, I don't know if it was just like the impact right there or Billy Gunn was really selling it because he just legit bounced off him. Like, oh my god. And Darby Allen got back in the ring, did a little bit of a stunner on Colton Gunn that led to a Scorpion death drop by Sting. One, two, three. Sting and Darby Allen get the win. They're still undefeated as a tag team. So the Colton, so not say the Colton Guns, the Gun Club street, undefeated streak is over. So that's all done right there. But that was an enjoyable tag team match. That really was. And it was nice to see the, you know, the Gun Club have a good match on television because last week's match against Bear Country was not good at all, in my opinion. I thought that match was terrible. But this match was good. Enjoyable. You know, it was nice to see uh, Sting and Darby on do a little tribute to very nice and very evil with Dan House and maybe a little, you know... Maybe a little Easter egg that he's going to be coming to AEW pretty soon. Who knows? That'd be really cool. But yeah, no, good tag team match, though. I really enjoyed it. Like, I'm surprised that I did because I didn't think I was going to. I thought, eh. This match is going to be kind of like whatever, but no. I enjoyed it, though. I seriously enjoyed the match. I really did. But no, good match right there. So now let's get to the next thing here on AEW Dynamite. Like I'm just actually like legit shocked that I actually did enjoy this match because I had like a lot of um. I definitely didn't have high hopes for that match right there, that tag team match. I definitely, definitely didn't, but exceeded expectations in my opinion. 
But we did see uh, Daniel Garcia in 2.0. I mean, obviously this was pre-take because Jericho is in, uh, is, in, is in England right now with Fozzie on tour. So they attacked Jericho. So we know this definitely isn't over between 2.0 and, um, and Jericho. Like Jericho was saying that Eddie Kingston didn't want his help. And he wasn't there for Eddie Kingston. He was just there to take out 2.0 and Daniel Garcia. But they took him out right there. So obviously, like I said, that was pre-recorded because Jericho's not obviously he's not in the states right now. So hopefully we see him on Dynamite next week, which would be nice. And I actually would like to see you know Jericho versus Garcia. I wouldn't mind seeing that match. It'd be kind of nice to see. And I forgot to mention, uh, Team Taz was on commentary for like, or well, just mostly Taz. He was on commentary the rest of the night. Team Taz right behind him, you know, um, Powerhouse Hobbs and Hook. And, you know, Taz is talking about the Battle Royal and how his team has, like, a 125% chance of winning, you know, because Powerhouse Hobbs is going to be in it, Ricky Starks will be in it, Dante Martin will be in it. And then Leo Rush came out saying, like, you're trying to insinuate that I have 0% chance of winning, but I'm a fighter, you know I'm a fighter. Even if I have 1% chance of winning, I'm still going to win. You know, and then Taz saying, like, how we took Dante Martin away from you, and Dante Martin came out with Ricky Starks, you know, and... You know, no physical altercation right there. Just a little stare down. Like, you know, maybe Dante's playing Team Taz. Who knows right now? Maybe he really has legit joined Team Taz. Maybe he really has. It's still been a shock. But I guess he's really part of them. I guess so. But now we get to the next match right here. We got Ruby Soho versus Chris Statlander in the quarterfinals right here for the TBS Women's Title Tournament. The winner will face Nyla Rose in the semifinals. And I gotta say, this was a really good match right here. This is definitely the second best match in the uh, quarterfinals. Very good match. Very good match between Soho and Statlander. You know, um... No, overall, really good match. I like I liked Alex Caliber said at the end that this match, if they wrestled 100 times, the match would be 50-50, like they would tied against each other. But no, these two put on a very entertaining match. I really enjoyed it. And I do like how AEW, you know, with, the, with their women's tournament right here, I like how they've had their matches go longer than, you know, a different kind of tournament that the matches were kind of short, you know, two minutes, one minute. It's nice to see the AEW let the women go uh, a little bit longer. I'm just saying. You know, is that a shot? It definitely is. I mean, I don't care if you take it or not. I don't give a shit. That's just how it is. I call it like I see it. I don't care. But this match was good, though, between Soho and Statlander. There was a lot of respect during this match. You could see, like, you know, Statlander, like, hesitated to... Uh, go for the knee strike on Soho. You know, she just booped her instead. <laughs> but um, it was nice to see Soho back on television. We haven't seen her wrestle since she wrestled Penelope Ford. So it's been a while since we've seen Soho on TV. So I was like, it's about damn time. Like, here we go. But no, her and Statlander put on a great performance in this match. And I enjoyed it. I really did. You know, Statlander, I wasn't really that big of a fan of Statlander because, you know, she was botching a lot when she came back. But she's gotten a whole lot better, like I mentioned. She's definitely become one of my favorites over recent time. 
And I was criticizing her just a little bit, just because, you know, because of the spot she was doing. I was like, ugh, like, that was, uh, that wasn't that, that wasn't that good at all. Just, just saying. But no, she's gotten a lot better, so she's definitely become one of my favorites, like I just mentioned. So, nothing against her at all now. But, um, no, her and Ruby, like I said, good match between these two. It was a good match, you know, I thought maybe Statlander was going to pull a rabbit out of the hat and beat Ruby, but no. I really thought that was going to happen. I really thought that was going to happen. And I remember just seeing that bug-eyed reaction of Soho, a great bug-eyed reaction when she um, when she took down Statlander, when she thought she had her, and fucking Statlander kicked out, and Soho was like, what do I got to do to beat this woman right here, basically, like, like that bug eye reaction. I was like, oh my god, I thought her eyes were going to pop out of her head. I was like, Jesus Christ. Oh my god. Like, that was just some reaction right there by Soho. That definitely was. And then Soho was going for a finisher. And Statlander countered. She was going for her finisher. And then Soho rolled her up. One, two, three. And Ruby Soho. She pulls a rabbit out of the hat. And she beats Chris Statlander. And she is moving on to the semifinals to take on Nyla Rose. The semifinals is set. We got Jade Cargill versus Thunder Rosa. And we got Ruby Soho versus Nyla Rose. So I'm predicting it will be Ruby Soho versus Jade Cargill in the finals. I could be wrong. I wouldn't be surprised if it's Nyla versus Cargill because Cargill's not losing. She's just not. She's not lo- not now. She's not going to lose in the semifinals. That's not going to happen. If anything, she would lose in the finals. But that's still not going to happen. It's still not going to happen. She's not going to lose. This was made for Jay Cargill. Like, I, like I've said so many times. But, um... Personally, I did want it to be Ruby Soho versus Akaro Shida, but... Again, Soho versus Rose. So... Okay... Whatever, that match might be, eh. I think it's going to be kind of an eh kind of match. Not because of Soho. We know Nala Rose is not that great, so that match is going to be just whatever. But we know Cargo versus Rose, and that match is going to be good. That match is going to be really good. I'm looking forward to that one. That match is going to be really fun to watch. But yeah, I'm predicting it'll be Cargill versus Rosa. We did see Soho and Statlander show respect to each other after the match. And Soho raised her hand up, shook her hand. And we did see Vicky Guerrero confront Chris Statlander. And Statlander was just like trying to get past her. Like, you know, what do you want? And then Nyla Rose came into the ring, attacked Ruby Soho, took her down. And Statlander chased her off. So, so Nyla Rose so far has gotten the first jump on Ruby Soho. But Ruby Soho will be laughing last? I think she will be. But now it's time for the main event of the evening. We got Cody Rose versus Andrade El Idolo in an Atlanta street fight. And oh boy, was this match crazy. This match was a crazy, crazy, crazy match. Whew. And I gotta say, this was really funny though, like when Cody Rhodes was making his entrance. And we saw um, Andrade going after Cody. And Ozzy, the assistant, was going after Arn. And Arn Anderson fell down on the stage. Like, I thought maybe, like, I I thought maybe, like, Jose tripped him or something. Maybe, like, he tripped on whatever. But, no, he actually legit just fell. I'm like, oh, my God, poor Arn right there. 
that was it was pretty funny. I'm sure Arn's laughing about it right now. I'm sure in the moment you're not, but now you look back on it, it's like, okay, that was pretty funny. But then we did see, like, Arn Anderson, Jose, you know, or mostly Arn Anderson just punching Jose and taking him out to the back. So that was basically right there between those two. But, no, Cody and Andrade, they tore it up. Like, they tore it up. Like, Cody's back was all screwed up because... Um, I don't know if, like, it was because, like, something in the garbage right there. Because they did, like, a garbage spot. Like, I don't know if some garbage got on Cody's back. Or when they were throwing drinks at each other. Maybe, like, some of the drink got, like, on Cody's back. It was something that got put on his back. I don't know if it was something from the garbage, though. Most likely it was from the garbage. Because his back was peeling. Maybe, like, something was wrong with his skin. But, no. It was something from the garbage, I believe. No, but this was, like... This really legit felt like a street fight. Like, it was insane. Just a great match. It felt like an old, like, kind of like ECW kind of match in a way. Like, a, like a little bit like that. Definitely not that level. But just a, just a tiny bit. Just a tiny bit. You know, but it was fun. It was a fun main event. It was definitely a fun main event. I really enjoyed it. Especially a lot of the spots they did in this match as well. Especially, like, seeing, like, Andrade take out Jose's computer from the bag. And he bashed Cody's head over with it. And then hit him again with it, like, over the back. Like that was something right there. Um, Cody was busted open after Andrade threw the chair on him, and then they exposed the uh, the floor, and then Cody countered it and threw Andrade on the exposed floor. So that was pretty cool right there. And Cody was bleeding. He was bleeding like on the top of his head, like kind of like near his left eye right there, and he was dripping blood. And I gotta say, this was actually really fucking funny during this match. Like, we saw, like, chains in the ring, handcuffs, um, tape. I was like, oh, my God. This was pretty funny when Cody was choosing a weapon. Like, he chose a kendo stick, then he put that down. And then he picked up the sledgehammer. I was like, hmm. He put that down. Then he had the golden shovel. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, because Cody buries everybody. Oh, it made, he does it, though. But, um... I mean, Cody did, did he did do some pretty heelish tactics during this match. I mean, he did. Well, you get the whole thing. It's a street fight. You do what's necessary. Even early on in the match, we saw T Pain was one of the judges on Go Big Show. He gave Cody one of the chairs. He beat Andrade with it. Um, but no, we did see these two like go through a table right here. Like Andrade set up kind of weird. They like a, kind of like a ramp in a way, and Cody was charging at him. And, Trotty like flipped them right through it. Like these two, or even before that too, I forgot to mention that. Like when Andrade set up like a chair on Cody's face. Actually, no, I'm actually forgetting though. Like uh, even before that though, when Cody grabbed the golden shovel, like Jose had like a taser. Like Cody hit him with a golden shovel and Cody threw it down. And then Andrade flew at him outside the ring. And then he had the chair set up in one of the ring corners. Yeah, like set up right on his face and he did the knee drop right on him like the knee the double knee strike on the chair to his face I was like Jesus Christ but now we get to the best spot of the match they put another table in the ring it was on the other side of the ring right here a different corner in the ring I should say and it was set up correctly and we saw somebody come in the ring as Cody and Andrade were on top they were on the top rope and it was Brandy Rhodes that came into the ring. She came into the ring. And she put gasoline on the fucking table. 
gasoline all over the table. And she lit it on fire. I was like, no way they're doing this. No way. And Cody looked like, looked like he was trying to do like a crossroads. It was like a reverse DDT through the table. And they were both on fire. I mean, Cody took the worst of it. His back was burnt. Like a like part of his back, or like a little bit part of his back was burnt. I was like, holy shit. That was crazy. That was absolutely crazy. I know Cody gets a lot of shit from the people, including myself. But a lot of props to him and Andrade for doing that spot. That was insane. And like I said, Cody took the worst of it. He took the worst of it. I mean, I really can't give Cody shit for that at all. I can't. You, you, you seriously can't do that. You can't give him shit for that now. For him taking that spot, that was something. That was something. Oh, my God. He got the pin on Andrade. One, two, three. And Cody Rhodes gets the win. That was insane. That's something you didn't expect right there. I didn't expect that kind of spot in that match. I really didn't. I seriously didn't expect that kind of spot right there. That was crazy. Just an insane way to end. Just an insane way to end AEW Dynamite. Amazing. Just amazing. Oh my god. I can't get over the finish. It was so good. It was so freaking good. Oh my gosh. I mean, it's like Brandy was almost kind of like trying to push Cody to really be a heel right now. Maybe that's what's going to be. Maybe that's what's going to be right there. Who knows? Maybe Brandy's really trying to manipulate Cody. I don't know, but I'm loving it. I'm absolutely loving it. A great episode of Dynamite. An amazing finish. Let's see what this leads to. So now we look forward to AEW Rampage tomorrow. We got Sammy Guevara, the TNT champion, defending his TNT championship against Tony Nese, the premier athlete. We got Pac, the bastard, the bastard Pac, and one after the AEW World Tag Team Champions, Penta El Cero Miero. Versus the AAA World Tag Team Champions, FTR, Dax Harwood, and Cash Wheeler. And Jade Cargo will be in action against one of Thunder Rose's students. So we'll talk about Dynamite um, on Saturday, because that'll be my AEW Rampage review. We'll talk more about what's going to happen on Dynamite next week, because I'm sure they'll end in maybe another match or two, so I don't want to you know, get into it right away. But Dynamite so far looks, you know, looks good, but we'll talk about it more in the Rampage review. But alright guys, that's the end of this episode right here. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Enjoy the rest of your night. I will talk to you guys uh, tomorrow afternoon to talk about my Dallas Cowboys versus New Orleans Saints. Hopefully I can say how about them Cowboys after my next episode tomorrow. We'll see what happens. So again, enjoy this episode guys. Hope my Cowboys win tonight. And we'll talk about that tomorrow. Talk to you then guys.